watching episode 3 of the Bill Academy. JB, JB starts dealing drugs. Dealing drugs. Crystal meth. How did it start? Well, how did it start? So let's back it up. Okay, so how did I actually start using this shit? That's, you got to start where it started. Growing up in a single family home, my mom's working all the time. I'm just doing whatever the fuck I want to do, but I'm not a bad kid. I'm just experimenting with plenty of shit. LSD, smoking pot, smoking cigarettes, cutting out of school. It was all just for expression. I liked hallucinogenics. I liked just like going on spiritual journeys, taking acid. It was great. I would just take a fucking hit of acid and in the summer and we would just like sit outside and stare at these puffy clouds and I would just see like one vision after another after another and I'd just sit there and not say anything because I was so into it. I was experimental. But now we're talking... I'm not doing that shit no more. No, I was smoking a bunch of uh, pot when I was in uh, California when I first got there in Marin, but I had stopped for a few years now because I just didn't want to do it anymore. It was giving me anxiety and panic attacks. So I was clean and straight. This is early stages of Hollywood. So taking odd jobs, you know, actor, you got to take odd jobs, you know, just to keep your schedule open. So I hooked up with this guy who was a landscape designer. And I was working for him, me and my buddy were working for him, $10 an hour, off the books, cash, uh, landscape designing. And he was doing some really cool shit, some really cool designs and like celebrity houses. And I mean, it was, it was, it was grunt work. Don't get me wrong. I was digging ditches, but I was also learning how to design landscapes, which I actually wound up turning into a, a side hustle eventually once I learned it. And he was paid very well to, to do these jobs and made some beautiful shit. He was very talented. So we would work for him early mornings, get it done, you know, work all day, shoveling, digging, carrying shit, loading shit. It was it was work. After like our first uh, second week, you know, we go to get collect our, our money. It's Friday night and we're talking about getting some drinks, going out. Finally got a couple bucks in our pocket. He puts out a couple of lines of crystal. Now, I had known about this when I was living in San Francisco and I've seen some people like this. So I was always like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And, you know, all these musicians and artists were doing it, but I had no interest. But for some reason, whatever it was that night, I did it. He put it out. My buddy did it. I did it. I didn't give a shit. I wasn't like upset about it. I just was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. Of course, I fucking loved it. It just, I mean, fucking overrides your endorphins, your, your dopamine, all that stuff that creates creativity, possibility, positive positivity, all that shit that fires those endorphins in your brain and the dopamine, that's what it does. And it also makes you just eager, more than eager to just do shit. A lot of times it's just whatever, fucking clean the whole house, whatever you channel, it's going, we're going to get into this, but like what drugs, alcohol, what they do is they only, they just enhance the person that you are deep down inside like they take away your inhibitions and you, your true self not not necessarily your true self it's altered for sure but they it, what it does is it it magnifies the person that you already are so if you're 
a fucking an angry drunk or whatever that's what it's going to do it's going to pull out your anger if you're a sex fiend porn addict um it's going to pull that shit out and you're just going to want to look at fucking porn all, all night long so me i always channeled all those drug scenarios into something that would give me some kind of like spiritual like like break down some walls that i can have some kind of spiritual awakening or spiritual visions or just some kind of epiphanies that's what i was searching for i was one of those people so then you can relate that to say like artists and musicians and painters and this and that they'll channel into their creative juices and that's how they'll create stuff i mean there's a shitload of classic fucking music that was created on heroin it just is what it is so I've had some amazing, amazing experiences taking drugs and hallucinogenics, being straight up honest. So that particular night, we've been in Hollywood for, uh, I guess, about a year, a year or so, year and a half. You know, it's been rough. You know, that first year in Hollywood, it's fucking rough, man. It's like a holy shit, smack in the face, like holy shit. Everybody here is beautiful. Everybody here is, they're all doing stuff. And uh, I don't, you know, I have an agent and how am I going to get in? All that shit. And you just, you feel very isolated, alone, and it's rough. It's depressing. And, um, You just got to work your way through it. So that was the way it was. And there was no complaints going on, but then... I take this shit and next thing you know, it's like all the creative stuff and why we're here and, and the can-do attitude. You know, we're going to make it and all that shit, all that, all that good vibe stuff. You didn't feel like super anxious. You didn't feel anxiety. You just did it and you didn't even realize you were actually on it until like, you know, you look back and you're like, holy shit, like 12 hours just went by. It's, that's the way it was. That's how it started. And then what happened was the, uh, the landscape designer, he would now start sorting us out uh, a bump before work in the morning so he can get maximum value out of our labor. And he got the most out of it. So he was getting all that. And then little by little, so now it's like I'm expecting it, I'm wanting it, waiting for it. And he knows what he's doing. He knows he's he's leveraging control now. And he's doing it in a real subtle, nice way. And it worked, basically. It, got, it kept me coming back and kept me working. And it went on like that for a year or so. And eventually I started finding my own suppliers. And then I started purchasing it. And then that's when shit just was like all day, every day. And then at this time, I was shooting the reality show. Me and my buddies, the whole little Hollywood crew we had. And we, it was great. It was a great, great, great time of just being creative, being free, being a rebel. Like I already had two years under my belt in Hollywood. I didn't give a shit about anybody no more I had an attitude which was good and it was confident and we were like fuck it we're just gonna do our own thing we don't we don't give a shit about anything we'll just make our own and I'm, that's why I was I was like I'm making my own shit I don't need to you guys and that's what I did and it kept me going I'd be up uh, all night editing and then go to work and that's what how I shot that complete show was completely high on that shit so that's how I started using it. So and now um, I'm in Marin County, supposed, you know, supposed to be cutting the show. I'm not. Doing a bunch of crystal meth, hanging out with my, the local dealer, Richie B, getting to know him, starting to become friends. I uh, was dating this girl, really liked her a lot. And then we broke up because I had to go back to Hollywood. I was a little heartbroken over that. I'm going back to Hollywood and you know I'm saying goodbye to, to, to Richie and everything and, and, and other people. I was like, I'm sure I could fucking probably 
drum up some pretty good business in Hollywood with this shit. No, I don't have any money. I'm starting to generate these merchandise, but still haven't turned it into dollars. And I still don't know what where I'm going with that. I just basically would. I think some, some psychologically, I just wanted to get a fucking big bag to take with me, telling him like, yeah, you know, front me the bag and and I'll sell it. He just throws me a, a an ounce, throws me a bag to take back with me and and start drumming up some some business. And I took it with me, and so I decide to have a garage sale and just sell all my shit. I was like, fuck it, let's just sell it all. I really don't give a shit about it. I sold everything. Everything. I mean everything. I sold my TV. I sold my fucking sold my mattress. I sold. I mean, I was just going to sleep on the couch. I kept the couch. Sold everything. Every little fucking thing. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, take it. Go. Here. Give me a dollar. Give me two dollars. Wound up fucking making like $1,500, which was like beyond my wildest dreams. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. I was like, I should fucking go to yard sales, buy stuff, and keep doing this. And I actually did that. I started just playing the yard sale game. And it was working. I was you know, generating income. I sell all my shit, and I'm ecstatic. And then literally that the next day, the World Trade Center gets attacked, and the towers go down. And I don't even have a TV to see what's going on. I have a, a radio and I have a computer, and so I'm up on the computer, I'm up all night long, typical every night, all nighter. All I know is that it was six in the morning for me, and it was like nine in the morning in New York, and somehow or another, I saw, I got caught some kind of information, whether it was online, I'm sure it had to be, but you didn't see any video or footage, you would just maybe see like a news uh, flash, and so I turn on the, the radio because I don't have a TV and I'm listening to the whole fucking thing happen. And it's just, it's all, you know, it's all taking place live and I'm listening to the whole fucking thing, but I can't see nothing. And I'm just trying to picture what the fuck this thing, what this scene looks like. The towers are hit, there's flames. It's like the one fucking time you really need to be in front of a TV. I didn't have one. So I'm listening to it on the radio and... It just starts progressing worse. Then the towers go down. And it was just the first, the second one. It was just like, holy fucking shit. We are under attack. And I distinctly remember walking out my outside my door and looking up into the sky and thinking, well, they just hit fucking New York. They just hit Washington. They hit the Pentagon. What do you think would be next? I'm like, fucking Hollywood seems like a really good fucking target. I'm like, I'm right in the heart of Hollywood. I could very well see a fucking plane crash and i almost half expected it i literally walked outside and was looking up into the sky to see if hollywood was the next target because i was like what it could be next it's like the perfect third target trade center goes down the whole fucking nation is just in complete fucking disarray shock whoever was there was there and you understand how traumatic it all was it was just one of the worst events that took place on American soil. It really just rocked my world. I'm from New York. I know people that were in those towers that died. I know people's families that were in those towers that died. Um, so it fucking hit home. And me being a little bit vulnerable at the time, it kind of like just destroyed me in a sense where I just went into a fucking severe like depression, just checking out of 
life, so to speak, in a way that I had never, ever, ever done before. I just basically said, I have a big bag of fucking crystal in my hands. The towers just went down. I've got this footage that I don't even give a fuck about anymore. It was like almost an excuse to check out, an excuse to just say, fuck it all. Because I literally said, fuck it all. I was like, I have no interest in be, being a, an actor in Hollywood no more. That's just trivial compared to what what is going on in this world. Checked out and let it happen. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking just do whatever I want to do now. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to keep fucking getting merchandise. I'm going to keep going to these stores. I'm going to keep fucking getting all this free shit. Cause I'm, cause I'm good at it. I'm gonna see how much more I can get. I know it's bad, and I was like, "That's where I'm going." That's how things progressed in the whole path that I took. So now I'm, I'm no longer even like hanging out or associating with any of my Hollywood friends. I'm just, I'm just isolating myself from everybody, doing my, my own thing. So a month, a straight month goes by, and I fucking did the entire bag by myself i didn't sell any of it i didn't even try like i didn't give a fuck i just did it all and i'm like telling them like yeah kind of didn't didn't but i got some leads and i'm starting to meet people and you know i sold a couple but really not much and you know now that i got some people i'm gonna need probably get another one of those and so i drive back there drive back to marin he gives me another one (laughs) he just gives it to me and now i'm into him for three thousand and now I'm like, I got to fucking, I got to start hustling. I'm selling fucking like dimes and 20s. That's how it all starts. I'm begging. I've never sold drugs before. I never sold anything like that. Going to the clubs and you know, selling it. Nickel, dimes, and 20s. Small time shit. Low, low end shit. Um, I owe my buddy three grand um and i meet and i meet uh, i get connected to the to a guy this is how he found me this guy i'm tweaking out this is you know tweakers tweaker land two in the morning home depot that's like you know i'm doing my thing i'm in home depot so i'm in there tweaking out in the aisle and this guy spots me he could figure it out you know he sees me he he's just like yeah this guy's on some shit so he starts making conversation with me He's like, he's like, you're on the shit, aren't you, man? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And then he basically asked me if you know if I wanted any, if I needed any, how much? And he tells me uh, seven, like seven hundred. And I was like, what? Seven hundred for a full one? I'm paying fifteen. That's more than double. I'm like, fuck, is it good? Yeah, boom, get it. Seven hundred. I tell Rich, I'm like, you know, you're charging me fifteen hundred. I just got it. You know, like, what are you paying for this shit? And uh, I think he told me he was paying like twelve. He's charging me fifteen. So I was like, "Well, well, check this out. I'm fucking. I just got it for seven. I was like, "So what do you think about that?" And he's like, "Well, if that's the case, he's like, I'll start buying it from you." And that's how the roles reversed. All of a sudden, like he went from being the dealer to the buyer with me. So I'm still doing just a lot of fucking running around. I mean, I literally would just spend all fucking night long driving all over up and down Hollywood, dropping off bags, collecting money, dropping off, people calling. They want like a typical dealer routine all night long, 
just selling, slinging, slinging everywhere in Hollywood. I start wanting to get to the bigger guys so I can get a better deal, so I can get some more because now Rich is, he's wanting to buy larger amounts. I want to provide it. So how can I get these deals? And if I want to get myself, get in a meeting, so to speak, with one of the so-called bigger guys, the bigger guy in the, in town, and uh, start talking about how, you know, buying a pound, a larger amount, and working it out with him. We wound up uh, agreeing to do some business. He gives me the price. I like it. So now I'm I'm buying large amounts. Now I'm in large, you know, now I'm in like, it's starting to become moving up, so to speak. Now I'm, you know, I'm buying pounds, selling it to, you know, selling pounds back to, to, to Marin. And, uh, and I'm still breaking off the small pieces for the, for the fucking whatever. Cause I was like, whatever, I'll take a dollar and any dollar. I'll just, whatever, whatever, whoever wants to buy, I'll sell it. I don't give a shit. I'm starting to become the wholesaler to the street guys. Like the street guys are the retailers. Now I'm becoming the wholesaler. If you look, if you talk, you look at it that way. So I'm, I'm becoming the wholesaler to the, to the retailers, which is like, I'm getting in larger quantities for less. And now I could sell it to them so they could deal it. As all this is going on, I'm, I'm full blown the, the crime spree game, doing the identity stuff and all the things. So now I wind up just getting myself a meeting, sit down with one of the, the guys that's even bigger than the guy that I was dealing with. He was one of the you know the main guys that was selling in Hollywood. He was dealing with the uh, the cartel. So now, but he's a white guy, skinhead, Joey. You know, he was all about business and he ran his shit good and he had a he had a big business. And so I finally got a chance to meet him. You know, these guys are not easy to sit down and meet because they protect themselves. Talk about doing business. My whole thing is be as professional as possible, be reliable, say what you do what you're going to say, show up on time, have your money, don't play games because a lot of that fucking whole industry so to speak is a bunch of shady motherfuckers and liars and I'm treating it like a professional business, so it's it's starting to like my reputation is starting to spread. As in, like Johnny B, you know, he's all you know, he's straight, he don't fuck around, he's all business, he shows up, he's on time, he's got his money, it's organized, he's a good guy to fucking work with, he's reliable. So that reputation started to get me indoors, and it got me indoor uh, with Joey. So now I'm becoming one of the players. So I'm, I'm basically on even even playing field with the. Uh, the guy that I was dealing with, Darren, his name was, and even now surpassing him, and business is growing. Uh, Richie Marin, he he's buying more and more. His business is flourishing. And then there's the last guy who's dealing with the cartel, which was another white guy dealing with the cartel from New York, actually. And he's his, he went by Rockstar. His name was Rockstar. I mean, Rockstar. And you just hear these names, but you don't see, you don't meet the people. You just, you know, it's the whispers, like, yeah. I get a meeting with him, so now he wants to do business with me. Now I'm doing business with Joey. It's kind of like I got to keep them both happy, so to speak. Buy from both of them, because in my mind, I'm like it's better to have two, at least two, really good suppliers. So if something goes wrong with one, you're not fucked. You're not fucked. It's good to have backups. So I'm like, this is. It's better to have work with the two guys. Work with the two, but you know everybody's very territorial, and it's like you, you know, with me, you're with me. But I was very honest. I was very upfront with both of them. And I just said, you know what? Like, I'm 
dealing with him and I'm dealing with you. Like I'm covering my ass and I'm giving you my business and I'm giving him my business. And I'm just getting a lot of business. So my business for each one was enough for them to be happy, but they wanted all my business. So they now I became like a coveted prize where they were like, you know, they wanted all of it. They didn't want to share it, but they understood. They respected it. Uh, business was business and I was doing a good, lot of it. And that's the way it was. But now the day comes where the day comes where this new product hits the streets it's unlike anything ever before and we are the first to get our hands on it we're the first it's like first to distribute it 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 just it completely launched everybody into the stratosphere once this this stuff hit i mean because everybody was still just getting this kind of inconsistent you know, it was good one time. It was okay. It was, it was, you know, it was good, but it was like it wasn't the super laboratory shit that was coming from Mexico. Uh, that finally was the breakthrough. This this signature um, product, this brand, it was started off as the super chunk because that's what they call it because it just came in one fucking piece. It was like one big crystal piece that you had a fucking like really like tack to break it up it was solid crystals and it was no cut no powder no garbage from the bikers it was just it was odorless it was tasteless it was 90 fucking something percent pure it was the purest shit you could get your hands on it checked all the boxes uh, it you know visually it just it hit every mark and every single buddy was just blown away and ecstatic excited to to, to get this and we didn't know if it was a gonna last if it was a new thing but all we knew was that it was here and we had it and that's when fucking that's when shit took off once we got our hands on that it was it was it we we pretty much just blanketed the entire los angeles county hollywood california and then i started um developing uh, distribution networks in Miami, Florida. Miami became my territory. I still had pretty much Hollywood and the Northern California. These guys had their own territories. Business was booming. Nobody was concerned about interfering because there was more than enough fucking demand to, to, to hit the supply. And we all just feasted. We all did great, you know, we, had, we were all buddies. We were fucking making shit money. These guys were flashing it. Well, actually, Rockstar was flashing it, you know, driving the big fucking cars and the, you know, big penthouses. I stayed low-key. Joe stayed low-key. Um, we both kind of were like, we're not flashing. I mean, I literally would drive like a beat-up fucking pickup truck to fucking drive around to get, you know, to make deals and do shit. I didn't want to be anything flashy. I kept my uh, apartment, nothing, you know, nothing at fancy at all. Just was stockpiling the money and because I had an exit strategy i knew this was a temporary thing and i wanted to just make as much money as i could and get out but of course once this machine starts running it's you what are you gonna do you're gonna walk away you can't it's like they're everybody's depending on you and you're you've got a machine that's running that now you can't get away it's like that's it it's like you're you're in and you know that's it i was the business i was committed to it and I just figured, you know, at some point in time, I would have enough and I would get away. And when does that ever happen? Plus, I'm doing a shitload of it. Living living with a girl that's just fucking, she's 
a complete nut job mentally then i couldn't get rid of it but we were in a relationship at this time and whatever it was it was but i'm not exactly you know i feel like i'm an accomplished person i'm dealing with celebrities i'm dealing with musicians i could do whatever i want they wait on me now they want my shit they call me i tell them and now i mean once i get to this point where at this level i'm only dealing with very few people i'm now isolating myself i'm secluded i'm not driving around hollywood no more i'm I'm shipping the shit, I'm packaging it, I'm distributing it, I'm only dealing with like, you know, four people at this point that are allowed to even come near me, that's how it happens, they now deal with everyone else, I just make sure I get the, the supply, you know, get it out, and just stuffing it in the, you know, hollowed out uh, you know, computers, uh, shipping it all over the country, vacuum seal, all the, the, the bells and whistles as far as like professionally getting it moved with carriers, FedEx and UPS and Postal Service. That was what, that's it. That's how it was done, man. You just let the, let the Postal Service get your shit to where it was supposed to go. But since I was treating it like a business and I had a, a company name and an LLC, corporation, everything was filtering through that. And I'm like, I'm a successful businessman. The bank, I go down there. They all know me. They know, I had a communications uh, uh, business. Uh, uh, cell phones and all that shit, it's booming. I would just create documentation, author, uh, invoices, all that stuff to, to make a, a thriving business look that was actually a drug business. And it was perfectly working perfectly fine. I was a successful businessman at this point. My sister's about to get married, getting ready to go to the wedding. We're going to go to New York send all the gifts and money and, and everything we got to catch a plane now i'm driving around like just like in freaking goodfellas man i noticed this chopper just kind of weirdly following me and i'm like is it me or is this fucking thing every like i feel like he's right on me i'm looking up just like that of course i'm i'm high on the shit all the time too just like he was Stuck in a weird, weirded out by it. But I'm like, you know what? It's, it's Hollywood. These choppers are constantly uh, everywhere. It's like you just you tune them out after a while. They were just always circling. It was like a nonstop Hollywood. They beam the lights. They're always at the summit. And so I, I just felt like it was following me. But I was like, whatever. Probably tripping. Get back to the house. We're running late for the airport. I get the dogs. I I, I took them to the the, the puppy shelters because we're gonna be gone. You know, pretty much just getting ready to go to New York and, you know, we're running late as usual. We're always fucking running late. Freaking like, I'm like, let's go, let's go. Come on, let's get out of here. Next thing you know, I fucking hear, I hear the footsteps come, you know, coming up the, the gate. I start seeing silhouettes of the SWAT team through the window and it was like everything just went complete slow motion. Everything was just like, no, they're here. It was like, Everything just completely went into, like, it just stopped. Like, time just stood still for that seconds that it took place where I, I saw what was happening and it registered that we were about to get raided and we're fucked. And now I'm thinking, and, and within, like, this two-second time frame, I'm reanalyzing everything that's going on. I'm like, all right, at least I don't have the dogs with me. I don't want them to get shot. I don't have any product at all here. All within a two-second time frame. I'm just like breaking all this shit down. I've got my personal. I got some personal stuff on me that I'm bringing, and I just chuck that. Like I fucking 
it was in like an envelope and I just that was the last thing I remember was I just this thing was in my hand and I just like fluck, flung it like like that was going to do anything like hey just throw it over here and hopefully nobody sees it boom all you know the doors come down on the floor down on the floor boom guns in my face uh, you know I'm down on the floor and it, boom that it was like just like in a movie like in that split second that was slow it all just started coming back like whoosh, boom and now it's fast motion and down 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 on the floor you know don't move all that shit shock and awe they were there thank you for tuning in to the fail academy podcast if you like it please leave a review leave five stars leave some feedback go to the website get involved ask questions i'm more than happy to just elaborate on the stuff that maybe i wasn't clear on give it to me give me some feedback show what you like what you don't like and let's keep this thing going you know this all this is just get to know me uh, story which is a good one but then we're just gonna start bringing in lots of guests and having some real good value mindset value just really carving out how to approach adversity life setbacks adventure risks you know face some demons whatever it is we all got some Uh, so that's it thanks for sticking around hope you enjoyed it